welcome to another edition of the Final Siren Podcast. I'm your host, draft editor Michael Alvaro, and today we're taking a bit of a national approach to things, looking at all things female football. Uh, first off, we're going to obviously continue with the NAB League as that returned and look towards the Waffle as well in Western Australia as that season got underway. And lastly, the Sandful, which gets underway this week, we'll have an interview with Hannah Prenzler of Sturt. So plenty of exciting content to come. Uh, with me, as always, is Peter Williams, Chief Editor. How are you today, Pete? Yeah, really good. Looking forward to getting stuck into this. Plenty to get through. And another treat as well with Brooke Haas joining us once again. Brooke, how are you today? I'm very good, thank you. Short and sweet, as always. We're going to jump straight into the NAB League Round 3 action. Of course, it was technically the second round after we had an unexpected week off, but um, the third round of fixtures as it was. And uh, the first game we'll look at is Geelong against Bendigo. The Falcons got up 10-6-66 against uh, Brooks Old Pioneers 2-4-16. What did you guys make of the game? Yeah, so it was very hot to start with. Um, when I was there, they moved it half an hour earlier, so quite hot out at Epson Huntley. Um, but yeah, no, it was quite, you know, it was probably what you expected. Geelong just have a bit more class, a bit more overall. Um, I know Bendigo had a key out uh, with Tara Slender being out due to concussion, but um, yeah, like overall Geelong were just better. They were quicker from the start and Bendigo looked better in the second quarter, but a couple of late goals to the Falcons stretched out that sort of lead and, and then they went on with it from there. And, um, yeah, it was just a, just a bit more experience. Uh, Renee Tierney kicked four goals. Zoe Garth kicked two in a row in, in that first quarter. So really got them off to a great start. And realistically it was, um, it was, it was, you know, a, a good game as, as overall and Bendigo certainly have Im- improved, um, uh, but Geelong are just too strong, and um, I was glad for anyone who tipped them last week. Brooke, how do you go with that? <laughs> Very funny, Peter. Um, so, yeah, as you just mentioned before, the Benigno Pioneers had a pretty good second quarter um, thanks to goals from Gemma Finning and Charlie Doherty. But Falcons obviously controlled the second half by kicking, like you said before, the four goals. Um, but they ran out pretty comfortable um, with the 50-point winners on the road. So, like... Um, Gabby Featherson had multiple shots on goal and looked very dangerous every time she went near it. Um, for the Pioneers, stars that shine was uh, Tegan Williams and Lila Keck. Uh, Lila Keck's obviously a future one to um, look out for. Um, the two had a really good standout game. Um, overager Elizabeth Snell um, and Jada Richardson were again um, consistent across the um, whole match. So um, obviously the score didn't show Benigo's effort, but um, Peter, they are... Tried their best. Yeah, they did. And I do remember, as I said, coming into this game and watching it on there, I do remember getting berated for my tip the week before. So um, we'll have to have a look at who got the most tips this round. I can't recall who it was. It might have been someone. Might have been me. Um, well, anyway, I don't think it really matters throw too back much. back to the host. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep this thing um, under control. These two seem to be uh, locking horns a little bit here. But um, speaking of, Oakley and Calder locked horns at Craigieburn on Saturday as well. Same time as the Geelong Bendigo game. Um Oakley ran out uh, really good winners, 6-8-44 to Calder's 4-4-28. This was a really competitive game um, and, and one that was probably um, between two premiership contenders. Uh, obviously, the Chargers um, sort of charged home in the end against the win, which is really surprising and good to see. I know their talent manager, Jai Bond, was really pleased with the performance. Um, 
obviously standouts like Charlie Rowbottom and Georgie Prasparkas, Pete. Um, who are some of the other players that you thought uh, really stood out? Yeah, I mean, like you, you look across the list and they've, the same names are popping up, but they've also got some more like, um, you know, uh, Emily Smith play well, uh, you know, Eliza James, uh, Amanda Ling, uh, Brooke Vickers. They've got quite a good depth uh, coming through that group. So I think for Oakley, they're, they're going to be hard to beat on any given day because we've sort of said previously that Calder um, were the benchmark uh, in the competition and Oakley have been able to beat them and um, which was, I, I just had a feeling after that first week that Oakley were going to beat them, just the way they were coming in with their form. And I think it'll be a great lesson for Calder too, because we've seen that, you know, Georgie Prasparkas and Amelia Yassir have played well both games. And obviously you like the Gillard and Lennox who keep playing well, Friswell, et cetera. Um, but I think it'll be a great lesson for Calder because, you know, it, it's always good to have a loss early in the season if you're going to have one. And they are able to build from this and, and potentially they could come up against each other later in the season. Yeah, absolutely. And you do want to peak at the right time, but uh, any winning form is good form. And speaking of, Eastern Rangers had a record-breaking win against Gippsland over the weekend. The highest ever NAB League score, I believe. 19-3, to Gippsland's 0-3 so um, I mean nothing short of a, a shellacking there guys what do we sort of take out of that game yeah well I, I think it's fair to say it was one way traffic I, I sort of said uh, last week that I expected Easton to win but I didn't think it would be by this margin so they've done well um, they've been able to get the win um, obviously uh, starting with Gippsland uh, Matilda Van Berkel stood out in defence like she tried her heart out uh, getting plenty of the ball and, and taking a lot of marks and rebounding where she could but obviously Easton were just a bit too strong overall so um, I think you, you look at that and you go well Easton you know they got over Weston the first week despite Weston having a heap of inside 50s this week they really controlled play and I think from seven goals uh, to zero in the opening term I think you get off to that kind of start and you're going to be hard to catch no matter who you're playing so uh, it was that first quarter and then they just went on with it, um, didn't they, Brooke? Yeah, well, um, Elisa Pisano um, was pretty much best on ground for that match. Um, she done very well and controlled majority of the game. Um, while Georgia Campbell took control of the ruck for Easton, then quickly went forward and delivered three majors to um, midfield pair Midget Deed and Olivia Mega were the two that covered a lot of the ground as well, um, while Georgia Wilson, who managed to get two goals. Hard game for Gippsland Power, but they still played all four quarters of the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's tough going for Gippsland. And of course, it's worth noting that that was, um, I guess, a bit of an improvised fixture, um, mm. given uh, the Power was meant to have a bye this round. So uh, we'll move on, though. Dandenong against Western. The Stingrays got up uh, in their first game for the season, 6-6-42 to the Jets 5-2-32 and we were out at Jets training there uh, on Monday we are uh, obviously doing a, a few things that you'll have to keep an eye out for and uh, they were still in really good spirits uh, after that game and, and put in a decent shift uh, Peter what'd you take out of the game yeah uh, look I thought it was um, you know quite a tight contest you l- look at it overall it was neck and neck for the most part and it was really just the end just having that bit of extra class like Western kept coming they kicked two goals in that last term uh, to Danny Nong's one so they almost got there but it was just a little bit short um, Danny Nong just had so many contributors Emily Shepard you know one player of the week she was sensational 23 touches couple of goals plenty of inside 50s really making uh, the spot her own she's taken over that midfield role from Tiana Smith last year um, got got some great skills in there and you know she'll, she's still got another year to go which is fantastic um, so she's one to watch and you look like Amber Clark's got um, speed 
uh, on her side. Unbelievable quick player. Uh, played forward, can play back, can play on a wing, but she's been playing forward. Jade Anthony was one of the more impressive players in defense. And then you've got Abby Jordan and Brooke Smith as well. Like you, you're ranging all the way from your bottom ages to your, I guess, 19-year-olds, if you like, that are contributing. And if you look at Western, you've got Montana Ham, who really stood out. Like uh, She was good in round one, but she was even better on the weekend. And then you've got Laura Elliott, who was really consistent in defense. Uh, Jemima Woods um, up forward and then you've got Charlotte Basker and uh, Paige Ryan and then of course Crystal Russell through the ruck again was pretty good um, so a- as a whole I think it was pretty even and look these teams will be thereabouts I think Danny Nong are another contender I've sort of said that from the start and I think Western are not too far off they've come up against two pretty good sides I think so um, I think they've got a lot more to give and I think Western are going to be hard to beat for most of the year Absolutely. Um, Dandenong, I agree with you, Peter, going to be a, a pretty decent side and, and got up over a, a really um, exciting Western team on the weekend there. Uh, we're going to move on to another all-country battle. The Greater Western Victoria Rebels got their first win of the season as well. 11-6-72, defeating the Murray Bush Rangers 4-4-28. We will cross to Brooke for this one. Uh, what were the key points out of this game, Brooke? Um, well, it was actually a fair few uh, good players on um, that match. Uh, with Paige Scott stood out with the three goals up forward, while Nike Dojok was a standout after quarter time with their work around the stoppages and also working with Lily Condon and Crystal Summers made it very difficult for the Bush Rangers, um, whilst Ella Friend looked very clean at ground level. So they pretty much dominated in the first um, few quarters. And Pete, what was the sort of flow of the game? How did the Rebels end up sort of breaking free and and getting that sort of comfortable margin of victory? Well, it was mostly in the first half. Look, they did all their work there. They kicked four goals to one. Paige Scott was really good earlier. Um, Talia Mayo was fantastic as well. Uh, I've been told she's quite a good uh, cricketer as well. So she's a dual sports person. They kicked 7-1 to 2-2 at halftime. Um, and then they, you know, they were out there on the ground, and it was tough work. Like I don't blame the teams after halftime. Like there were only six goals kicked between them in the in the second half, and and Rebels kicked a couple late. Uh, that what was it? Three goals to one in that last term. After it was pretty even in the third, and yeah, to be honest, it got really hot. So um, I don't blame them. I'm I'm glad I wasn't <laughs> out on the ground because it was hot enough just sitting there watching. So um, yeah, it was a challenging conditions, but well done to the Rebels because they did all the work in the first half. And and while the Bushies have some incredibly talented players, they're still quite young. And um, yeah, the the Rebels were just too good on the day. And while the weather was turned up on Saturday, Northern turned up the heat this weekend. Uh, obviously, against Sandringham, getting their first win of the season, the reigning premiers, obviously. Um, 10-6-66, getting over the Dragons, 4-5-29 on Sunday um, at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. So, uh, obviously, a standalone fixture there on um, on the day. And, and Pete, you were down there. What did you sort of take out of it? Yeah, that wasn't as hot. I, I enjoyed that weather condition, so that was nice. Um, just giving a little weather report with this as well. Um, but, yeah, so... Obviously, look, I came there thinking it was going to be a close-ish game, but Sandringham would probably get up based on the round one form. And then all of a sudden, within six minutes, Northern Knights had kicked three goals and we're sitting there going, was round one a lie? Like, what's what's happened? They suddenly clicked into gear. And, and to be honest, Sandy threw everything at them uh, in that second term. They got within a goal and you thought, oh, maybe they'll run over them in the second half. And then Northern just picked up again and went bang, bang, bang. And then they're back in front. And by three-quarter time, you went, I don't think they'll catch them. And, and Northern got it got it in the end. And they finished off strongly. They kicked three goals to zero in that last, uh, last quarter. And realistically, six goals to one in the second half, which um, there wasn't a great deal between them. Northern were just taking their chances, getting a few more over the back and, and kicking there where Sandringham missed a few chances in that in uh, in the game overall. But certainly sort of in that second half, trying to get it down. So, look... 
full credit to Northern. Maeve Chaplin was fantastic. Um, you know, you've got quite a lot. Uh, Alice Smallcomb kicked a couple. Um, you know, uh, Megan Girolami kicked a three as well in the end. Um, so there were quite a few that really stood out. So I think that it was a team effort. And the Knights showed that, you know, they, they can certainly produce this year. They're not quite done with yet uh, in terms of their success. So I think they might challenge a few teams uh, over the next month or so. Yeah, I think the result really begs the question or I guess um, highlights just how good that Oakley team was in round one, obviously um, serving a, a pretty handy victory over Northern in round one. But for now, we're going to take a little break on the Final Siren podcast. Stay tuned because uh, when we come back, we're going to be recapping all of the Waffle W results from the weekend. You're listening to the Final Siren podcast. I, again, am your host, Michael Alvaro, and we're back and we're going to recap all of the Waffle W results over the weekend. And Pete, I know you cast an eye over um, over in the West uh, pretty closely. We've had three games, obviously, throughout the league there. Peel Thunder, the first one, 8-7-55, getting up over East Fremantle. Uh, Subiaccio, 4-13-37, defeated South Fremantle, 5-4-34. And Swan Districts, 2-6-18, got over Claremont, 1-6-12, in a pretty close and low-scoring game. So, Pete, um, I know there was a few players that really impressed you over the weekend and, and some highlights to sort of go over. What were the main takeaways from the, that round of footy? Yeah, I'll run through the sort of the key takeaways and then we'll get to the, the, the main course uh, after that, which I've got uh, Brooke to do a bit of work with. Um, look, overall, Peel, reigning premiers. For people who don't know, they won the Wooden Spoon two years ago, came up and won the premiership last year um, without a great deal of AFLW talent. Like, it was just a remarkable story. And look, they're looking dominant again. They're, their youngsters are coming through. They're fantastic. East Freo are rebuilding. They're missing a few players. They had a few AFLW that obviously aren't available at the moment. Um Kate Bartlett's just too good for the level, realistically. Played at two clubs now, at the Bulldogs and West Coast, and um, hopefully she gets another shot at some chance because she's just uh, you know a masterclass around goals. Uh, Swan Districts were able to win a tight one. Bella Edgeley, another member of the WA State Academy, kicked a couple, so she was quite good. Jess Lowe, who got a draft combine invite last year, she looked really good for Claremont, won plenty of the ball. Um, and we were talking about the heat just for another weather thing. I can tell you they were saying that it was high 30s, pushing 40 uh, that for that Swan District's Claremont clash. So that's a key reason why that was low scoring. Players were definitely tired in the second half, which I don't think there was much uh, kicked after half time. Um, and then we look to Subiaco, which, you know, they escaped against a fast-finishing South Frio, which is fantastic because South Frio's first year was last year and they really struggled at the start and came better towards the end. And realistically, uh, South Fremantle were able to, you know, get within three points. They hit back hard and Subiaco missed a few chances, obviously, with a 4-13. But, um, you know, the Bulldogs are looking to a lot better now. They've got a bit of experience in and hopefully they can grab their first win this season because they, they push Subiaco, who are going to be no pushovers this year. So it'll be fantastic uh, for that. Uh, but uh, Brooke did a bit of work on one of the talented players coming up, not for this year, but for next year in Ella Roberts. Yeah, I think we're not all surprised that um, about this name, but Ella Roberts, number eight for Peel Thunder, stood out over the three games. Um an absolute dominating forward who is only 16 years of age, so she's uh, very young. So she's got a bright future in front of her. Um, her impressive athleticism to turn the ball over with her strength and power, but then quickly sets herself deep forward to be another option. She managed to snag a goal from at least 40 metres out late in the first quarter, but from her grand final performance last year, she kicked a fair few goals. So she's obviously one to keep an eye on. 
Absolutely. And obviously we enjoy uh, following the talent pathways and seeing all of the next generation come through. Um, Brooks, obviously another one of those. So um, VFLW coming back this week too. But for now, we're going to look uh, towards, I guess, the Sample W season, which returns this week. We're going to have an interview that Peter conducted with Hannah Prenzler from Sturt. She's a defender, uh, another up-and-comer to keep an eye on. So we'll throw to Peter and uh, see what he and Hannah had to say. So, I mean, just to sort of get started, give us a bit of a rundown into how the really last sort of six months have been since uh, since the end of the season. What's it been like for you and also for the team? Yeah, well, we started our like formal pre-season with the team in about October, I think late October last year, and we pretty much started into three trainings a week, um, a lot more fitness this year, a lot more focus on getting the Ks in our legs running. Um, I guess before the team's pre-season, um, I just graduated last year, so I had quite a lot of time on my hands, so I was definitely putting in the extra sessions, whether that be running and really working on my fitness, and then also skills sessions with various coaches and people. But, yeah, pre-season started late October. We had a bit of a break over Christmas where we each still had a running plan, which everyone followed. And, yeah, coming up to round one, we're still into three trainings a week. Yeah, and for you personally, what have you been trying to work on uh, within your own game just to improve for this year? Yeah, well, I think um, after last season, like, obviously a little bit difficult because of COVID, like, split the season, but I think that I needed to work on getting my fitness even better, so being able to completely run out of full game and everything. So definitely been working on that. getting extra runs in, different intensity running sessions and stuff like that. And then, yeah, just working on skills with different coaches to get different opinions and things like that to really better my game. Yeah, perfect. And from your perspective this year, do you see yourself still playing a similar role, like off maybe half back, or do you sort of see yourself maybe playing some midfield a bit more? Like where do you sort of see yourself? Uh, Well, the trial game last a couple of weekends ago against Norwood, I played off um, a bit at half-back for most of the game. Uh, there's been quite a few people who have been training and things with the midfield. I think the coaches really want to get everyone to be versatile and be able to change around. Um, I think that I will be playing half-back as that's kind of where I best fit into the team. But you never know, might be able to have a go in the midfield, but I feel like, yeah, my position where I'm most confident is definitely off half-back. Yeah, and in terms of the Under-19 Academy now, it's uh, going to the Under-19s. How's, mm-hmm. how's that been for you and, and over the pre-season? Yeah, that's been good. I think we've had about three weeks now of that. Um, I think all us top-age girls are pretty stoked to hear that we did get to have another chance as top-ages and it's been pushed up to under-19s now. I think it's a great opportunity for us to still have a go and potentially make the team to go in a way and play in the national stage up in the Gold Coast. Um, I think that it's good how we only have one training a week for that because obviously we still have all of our club commitments, but that's been good, good to train with other girls from different clubs and see some of the best talent for SA. Yeah, and in terms of Sturt this season, how do you sort of uh, see yourself going? Like, where, where, what are you sort of setting as the goals for the year? 
I think we've gone into this year um, a lot better than some previous years. I think we've put big focuses on training really hard in the pre-season, working on fitness, getting better, um, just lifting our standards kind of across the board and building a better um, culture within our group, whether that be really making sure that everyone's accountable for each other and pushing ourselves. Um, it's hard to say against all the other teams how it's going to go, but I think we're going in with a really positive attitude and going to really go out there and give it our all. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, now we're coming up to round one. How's it sort of feeling mm-hmm. after you, you mentioned trial game and everything? How are you sort of feeling yeah. going into round one? I think, yeah, I think we're feeling pretty good. Obviously, it's always a bit of nerves because it's the first game of the season, but I think we've been training hard and putting in the effort and the little extras. So I think, yeah, it'll be very difficult this year to pick around one team. We've got a very, you know, even squad with who could get picked each week. So I think it's really exciting, especially with quite a few new faces in the team. It'll be interesting and exciting to see what the team looks like this week. Yeah, and obviously one of the, I guess, delayed, if you like, sort of uh, out uh, due to AFLW, Georgia Bevan going up to Gold Coast. What was mm-hmm. that like, um, sort of seeing that uh, someone from within your team uh, make it and not just through the traditional, say, draft as that sort yeah. of couple entry? Yeah, I think obviously um, when Bevo first told us, we were all completely, well, first of all, we were all completely excited for her and thought it was absolutely awesome. For us, it was, you know, a bit of a loss losing one of our great players and person around the club. But um, it just goes to show, especially to all of the girls, that, you know, you can still make it. You can still get drafted if you work hard and put in the extras. So at the end of the day, we're all just proud of her that she made that and could keep, you know, following and chasing her dreams, which has been on the cards for her for a while now. Yeah, and this year, who's some of the players to watch from Sturt, do you think? Uh, well, definitely big name who won our best and fairest last year, Zoe Prowse. She's done well. She's both. She had a bit of the trial game playing in right, but also throughout the midfield as well. So she can do anything from marking and kicking. Um, also, Alex Ballard had a run around in the midfield and did uh, did really well in there, being able to kick it out. We got a couple of new players, which were good. So Abby Pendley. She is really strong through um, the midfield, being able to clear it out. And then, yeah, a couple other new faces have changed around, like Sarah Wallace back in defence. She's done well just being able to be amongst the culture and just really learn and take it from there. But, yeah, it's really exciting for everyone to kind of come in and give it a go. Yeah, and obviously there's been that sort of uh, shorter turnaround, if you like, than what there normally would be for, mm-hmm. for the footy. What's that been like? Has, has the pre-season changed much, the structure of it, because of that? Um, it hasn't changed heaps. I think it was a bit of a slow start for some girls who, um, let's say, were injured at the last part of the season since it was quite a quick turnaround. We had girls who last year missed a fair reasonable amount of the pre-season but I guess we all kind of understood that that just came with having such a short turnaround um obviously girls were excited to get back into footy but I think for some people it's a bit of a shock in quite the um short turnaround that we all had to make sure that we were looking after our bodies and making sure that we're doing the right things for recovery to get back into it and in terms of obviously the, the the leadership 
group again. What's that been like? I know you were last year as well, but um, what's it been like now? We mentioned Georgia going out. Um, how, how's that been like to get uh, back in that leadership group again? Yeah, I think, yeah, again, hearing this year I was in it, I was pretty excited and felt very privileged that the girls had voted me in again. Um, we've got, yeah, a group of five, so Lane, Casey, Kate Harris, May Richter and myself. So I think, yeah, it's a great group. We had those girls last year in it with a couple changes. But, no, I think it's really good. I think, um, yeah, May has definitely deserved her spot as, uh, captain again this year she does a great job she's always that person who's you know looking out sending an extra message see if someone's okay organizing making sure that everything's running smoothly and just yeah really keeping positive talk but I think as a leadership group we're yeah really trying to make sure that everyone kind of steps up and is leaders whether that's in their line group or whether that's just at trainings or as a whole we don't really want to be a class above or a step above we really just want to be everyone as a whole team start. Yeah, perfect. And just finally, coming into this weekend, obviously round one playing against Glenelg, what do you think mm-hmm. you're going to, or, or Sturt as a whole, are going to do or need to do to uh, beat Glenelg on the weekend? Yeah. I think, yeah, it's just obviously going into round one is nerves and a bit of uncertainty for everyone. But I think we've just got to go out. We've got to back our game plan and back how we've been training and how we've been playing. And, yeah, really bring it on Saturday. Be physical around all the contests and run it out. Give that all the effort because, yeah, we've been training hard for the last fair few months now. So we've just got to play the four quarters, put them all together and trust that we can do as much as our team has prepared for. Perfect. No worries. Well, that's pretty much it. So thanks very much for that. Awesome. Thank you very much for the chat. No worries at all. Well, um, good luck for the weekend and maybe we'll see you in April. That was Hannah Prenza with our own Peter Williams talking there about all things Sample coming up to the season. And uh, we're going to continue on that train and uh, I guess sort of preview the Sample W season along with the Waffle uh, W Round 2 and VFLW season. So uh, some exciting sort of things coming up here in the state leagues. And Pete, I know that you are obviously a quite sort of a close watcher of these leagues and and enjoy it very much. So we're going to get you to uh, run over, I guess, all the games that are going to come up and and tell us a little bit about what to expect from each state league. So I'll run you through the fixtures firstly out of South Australia. We've got North Adelaide uh, taking on South Adelaide at Cooper Stadium on Friday night and That'll be a doubleheader with Norwood taking on West Adelaide uh, in the game after at 8.15. And then we've got another doubleheader on the Saturday uh, in the morning with Sturt taking on Glenelg and Central taking on West uh, Woodville West Torrens Eagles at X Convenience Oval. So what do you expect out of South Australia there, Pete? Well, the game to watch is the one that opens the season, which is the uh, grand final rematch between North and South. Now, they were littered with AFLW talent last year. Now, that's not going to be the case uh, on Friday night because obviously they're going to be all playing AFLW, or the majority of them. So it'll be great to see some of the youth. Uh, Hannah Ewings, I can't say the name enough, is going to be absolutely dominant um, through this season. Made her debut last year, won the Rising Star. She's going to be a standout there. Um, North have such a great uh, balance across the board. You've got Christy Harvey in defence. Uh, and you've got a whole heap of uh, attacking options. Like Ash Woodland was one who came out last year and, and got drafted. So I think that um, North are going to be difficult to beat. Um, South obviously have quite a few talents uh, themselves coming through. And 
Um, I think obviously we saw like your Tia Charlton got drafted last year, for example, and Indy Tahu got drafted up to Brisbane. So they've had a couple of great youngsters come through that program. They've got a few like Lauren Clifton and um, Gypsy Sherm is the one to watch from South. Uh, I think seeing those guys all go head to head will be fantastic um, when they go up against North. Uh, Norwood versus West was the other final. West is probably one of my favourite teams to watch. They've just got such great youngsters. Uh, Keely Custerman uh, is fantastic off that halfback. She's one to watch for West. Uh, in terms of Norwood, you've got uh, Alana Lishman's one that's uh, popping up for the academy. So she's won that mid forward role that I think will really stand out. You've got Sturt. Uh, we spoke to Hannah Prenzler before. She's a good youngster coming through that Sturt program, but it's hard to look past Zoe Prowse, who's a ruck, who's their top prospect for this year uh, in terms of South Australia. Uh, and they're, they're taking on Glenelg, who have like Tamsin Morris, for example, who's a great kick of the ball and can play multiple roles. So, uh, And then you've got Central and Eagles. Look, they, they were sort of the two lower sides. They're the two newer sides. I think they'll both be better because they performed well without much AFLW talent. So unlike some of the other teams that had a fair bit uh, last season that were able to top them up, Central and Eagles didn't. So they're actually going to be benefited in many ways coming out here because they will uh, won't have them now and they sort of didn't have them then. So look, it's definitely going to be hard to tip with a new season coming up. But I think that the same teams that are in finals will be hard to beat. Uh, North and South will be leading the way. But certainly I think West will be coming up and, and some of the lower teams. So it's going to be a great round of action. Absolutely, Pete. Plenty to be excited about out of South Australia with the Sample W season set to commence this weekend. Uh, we're going to turn over to Western Australia now and um, take you through the fixtures there. Obviously, uh, three different venues and, and, uh, and times. So uh, we've got Subiaco versus Peel at Leaderville Oval on Saturday evening. Uh, that'll be followed by South Frio against Swan Districts on Sunday at Fremantle Community Bank Oval. And then finally, Claremont and East Frio round out the round one fixtures at Revo Fitness Centre. Uh, Pete, take us through those games again and um, yeah, t- tell us a little bit about what, to, um, what you're sort of looking forward to out of round two in the Waffle W. Yeah, I think uh, Peel up against Subiaco will be fantastic, mainly because that is also a grand final rematch from last year. I think Peel, based on their round one form, will be too strong, but it'll be interesting to see how Subiaco go. Uh, I think it'll be a uh, clash to really watch uh, Swan Districts up against South Frio um, obviously South Frio as I mentioned earlier are looking for their first win I think Swan Districts will probably be a bit strong they've got a lot of youth that are coming through and a part of the academy so they're a real exciting team to watch for and then you look at Claremont and East Frio we saw them from earlier look they both lost in round one uh, so they'll be looking for their first win um, Claremont, you feel, might be a step ahead because East Frio are rebuilding but it, it's going to be a fascinating contest particularly in the midfield Absolutely. Um, Some quite comprehensive stuff from Chief Editor Pete Williams. And we're going to continue on the State League line, uh, coming back home for us at least, to Victoria. And uh, the VFLW is back, obviously, after a year off. And I know plenty of players, including Brooke Hards here, uh, they're all very excited to get back to action um, after a long time on the sidelines. So I'll run you through those fixtures again, and we're going to tip... Uh, a few of the games as well. So first up, North Melbourne against Port Melbourne and Arden Street on Saturday morning. That'll kick off the season. And Collingwood against uh, Geelong at Deakin University in Warren Ponds will follow that game at midday. And then Carlton against Casey will be the other game on Saturday at Princes Park at 2pm. Uh, then we move on to Sunday. Brooks going to hopefully get out there in the Western Bulldogs against Hawthorne Clash at Whitton Oval. So a nice home game there for the Doggies. Uh, Essendon's taking on the Southern Saints at the Hangar. And Darabin will be uh, locking horns with another standalone team in Williamstown at Latrobe Uni 
Bandura. So all those games in the morning as well. Um, now, I'm going to throw to you two. We're going to get your tips. North versus Port Melbourne. What are we expecting? I'll go with you uh, first, Pete. Who's going to win out of those two? I'll go North. North and Brooke, who are you taking? Obviously, with a year off, it's very um, unpredictable on what's going to happen, but uh, I'll go with North Melbourne too. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with you guys and go with North. They were pretty confident. I spoke to, uh, obviously, all the coaches and coordinators on the eve of the season, so you can catch those previews on the website as well. Uh, moving on, Geelong against Collingwood uh, in Geelong. Uh, do we think a home ground advantage is going to favour the Cats here, Brooke? Look, it could, um, but... As I've been hearing, Collingwood are going to be very, very strong this year. So I'll be uh, tipping Collingwood. All right. And Pete, you? Yeah, I'll go Collingwood. I mean, they, they're the reigning premiers, technically. They um, are, yeah. It's been a while, but they are technically the reigning premiers. So I'm going to go with Collingwood and um, just throwing back on Sanford W. Watch out for Matilda Zander, who's come over from Norwood. So I think that'll be one to watch for them. Thanks for that, Pete. We've moved on to the VFLW yeah. here. Um, no, I'm going to go with Geelong. I think they've got a good young list. Um, obviously, high turnovers from that 2019 Premiership year for the Pies. And, um, yeah, hopefully you can see a surprise. Um, from your team, Pete, to my team, Carlton's taking on the Casey Demons at Princess Park. Uh, of course, uh, one of the great grounds in Victoria. I'm going to go with Carlton. Uh, Pete, who are you going to tip? Yeah, I think I'll go with Carlton. Um, Brooke can probably give a bit more of an insight into them, though, considering she played against them twice. Yeah, so, uh, what way are you going, Brooke? <laughs> yeah, obviously, uh, the, f- the first game, um, we beat them, but they uh, learnt a lot off us, so they they came out a lot stronger in their uh, second game. But um, I reckon I'll go with Carlton. I just think um, they'll get it over Casey at their uh, at their home ground. Yep, and obviously we look very much forward to uh, your doggies, Brooke, taking on the Blues. Uh, It'll be a bit of a tiebreaker during the season. So um, exciting stuff. And um, I don't think we need to ask you who's going to win out of the Bulldogs and Hawthorne on Sunday. So I'll just throw to Pete, who's going to take out that game. Yeah, I don't think I'd be back next week if I didn't tip the Bulldogs. I was going to say I can feel the eyes burning without even needing to look over in the opposite direction. So, yeah, I'll go with Bulldogs. Well, someone's a bit brave in the office um, and they're going to go with Hawthorne uh, for this game. Um, (laughs) Of course you are. Of course, Brooke Hartz, I believe, will have a very, very good first outing and and back on the field, which is great uh, for everyone to see. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Hawks. Bet Goddard at the helm there um, with an all-female coaching staff. So very exciting stuff. Uh, Next game, Essendon against the Southern Saints. Out of, I guess, a revamped hangar um, for the Bombers there. Who are we going with there, Pete? Uh, the fact that it's been played now, I'll go with Southern Saints. But I was mentioning to Brooke, um, give it two months and I'll be tipping Essendon every yep. week. So. Yeah. so if you're not aware, obviously the NAB League uh, players will filter through the VFLW system. Um, the under-18s will come in a bit later and uh, Essendon's tied to the Calder Cannons mm. who have an absolute footy factory um, and some very, very high-end talent. Um, I am going to go with the Southern Saints here. Brooke, are you the same? Nope, I'm going to go with Essendon. Oh, very good. All right. So she seems to be giving me a few glares. I'm glad that this is not a visual medium. Um, next game, we've got Darabin against Williamstown. Two standalone uh, sides, as I said. Uh, Darabin, obviously pioneers of the competition. Uh, but will they take home the points here, Brooke? I reckon Williamstown um, will get it this round. Um, they've got Megan Williams, who was um, an ex-captain for the Benigo Pioneers. She's uh, won their best and fairest. Um, and she's a she's a good standout in the midfield. So I'm going to go uh, Williamstown for this one. Yeah, nice little scouting report from Brooke there. Pete, who are you going to tip here? 
Yeah, I, I reckon I'll probably go Williamstown too. It's sort of hard to know um, because Darabin have obviously been fantastic over the years. But yeah, I think that Williamstown have been improving year on year. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. Yeah, as much as I do love the Darabin team, I'm going to stick with Williamstown here. I think they've signed very well. Um, obviously, a, a really strong standalone team uh, in the men's and women's game. So that's all the State League action for you this weekend. We're going to take another little break before heading to the NAB League girls again. And we're going to preview all the round four fixtures. Uh, so stay tuned. Welcome back to the Final Siren Podcast. You're listening to Michael Alvaro, your host here, and we've skipped over all of the, I guess, state league uh, level football to come over the weekend, and we're going to go back to the NAB League girls with round four and do a quick little preview there and give our tips. So first fixture, we've got Eastern Rangers taking on the Geelong Falcons on Saturday morning at Kilsyth. Um, obviously, the Eastern Rangers in hot form and Geelong too. Both sides are uh, undefeated thus far and had some pretty comprehensive performances. Pete, I know you've watched the Falcons and um, and are pretty high on the Rangers too. How do you see this game going? Well, well this is the absolute unbelievable game of the round, without a question. Like, I mean, the, the Sunday game's pretty good as well, but this is going to be an absolute ripper. I'm, I've tipped Geelong twice and they've won twice, so I'm going to keep tipping Geelong as much as... This tip makes me a little nervous because Easton did do a number on Gippsland last week, but I think I'll go with Geelong. Yeah, I mean, winning form is good form and Easton's got probably the winningest form, I guess, given how, how much they um, they beat Gippsland by last week. I'm going to go with the Rangers. Uh, Brooke, who are you going to tip this one? Oh, I think I'll go with um, what Pete's going with. I reckon I'll go with the Geelong Falcons. I just think they're, they're too strong. So, yeah, tipping the Geelong Falcons. No country bias there at all. So next game is Gibson Power against the Northern Knights at 11.30am in Churchill. Um, again, utilising those Churchill facilities. Pete, uh, you, do you think the Power are going to bounce back or will Northern be too strong here? No, I think Northern will win this one. Um, they were pretty good on the, the weekend. Uh, if they hadn't won, um, then obviously both these sides would be searching for a win. But Gippsland are, and look, they're going to be better um, up against the Knights, I think. Uh, but they've got the contested ball winners that can match the Knights. So that's why I think it'll be a better matchup. Easton had a lot of speed, which is where what causes trouble for, for Gippy in that regard. But they've got a lot of hardened, Northern Amori hardened ball winners. So this is going to be actually quite good in the midfield. I do think Northern will have a bit too much up front and, and will win. Um, but yeah, it'll be fascinating to watch the midfield battle. Brooke, who are you going to back in this one? Well, Northern Knights, they have um, Michaela Appleby, the AFLW Academy member, um, who's obviously got skills and she's an outside runner that can get into space and convert the ball either way. So, obviously, it's a team effort, but um, I reckon Michaela Appleby, she's a she's a good standout. So, I reckon Northern Knights will um, get over Gippsland Power. And I am going to back the Northern Knights as well. Murray Bull Strangers take on the Western Jets also on Saturday at 12.15 in Wangaratta. Bit of a road trip if we're going out there. But um, Pete, who are you going to back here? Yeah, so Murray up against Western. Uh, look, both these teams have great young talent. And if anything, I think next year, both these teams are going to have some really top-end prospects between Keely Skepper uh, Montana Ham and Charlotte Basker and like you know you're, you're talking about some of the top prospects for next year and and keeping in mind that they're going to be you know between country and metro as well so um, in saying that look Western have been unlucky not to get any wins thus far the winner will get their first win uh, but I think that will be Western because Murray's still are quite young so yeah for me it's Western. Yeah, so I very much enjoyed going out to the Western Jets training. I think they're in high spirits and looking pretty good despite their record. I'm going to back them. Brooke, are you the same? Are you going to go with Murray? 
Look, I'll go the other way. I'll go with Murray Bush Rangers. Obviously, they're a young team, but um, they've got a lot of talent, so I think they might, you know, beat Western. All right, very good. Uh, next game, one close to Brooks Hart, is Benigo Pioneers taking on the Calder Cannons at Epsom Huntley Reserve on the Saturday again. Um, Brooke, I'll throw to you first this time. Do you think your Pioneers can get up again or will the Cannons be too strong? Obviously, one of the premiership contenders in our eyes. Calder Cannons, obviously, they've got a fair few players that um, are very, very good. Um, obviously, Benigo Pioneers do. They'll get Tara Slender back. Um, it's going to be a very hard game for Pios. Obviously, last week uh, didn't really go in their favour at all. Um, but my team, so it's kind of hard when I'm going to say who I'm going to be tipping. Um, but I'll go, I'll go with Pioneers. I'll go with the Benningo Pioneers for this one. Um, even though I do think Calder Cannons might get up, but um, I'll be tipping... Well, I'll be backing my team, so uh, I'll be tipping Benigo Pioneers. Well, I mean, you're talking about bias. Oh, st- strike me down <laughs> I- I as I live wa- and breathe. <laughs> I thought she was waiting for the game to be played when she was making the decision who to tip. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I-, I think I'll go with Calder. Yeah, that's a nut. Like, I mean, Bendigo, like I said, they've got some great young players coming through, but, yeah, Calder. Calder will be too strong. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how Bendigo go against some really, really strong opposition here once again. Um, but I am going to back the Cannons, having watched them in the first couple of weeks. Um, Tasmania Devils take on Oakley Chargers at Twin Ovals, hopefully, because obviously their fixture was scrapped last week. Um, on Saturday to round out those set of fixtures there. Um, obviously, the Devils coming back into the competition after a little bit of a break last week. Um, and Oakley going really strong at 2-0, Pete. Um, who are you going to tip here? Well, 12 months ago, Oakley won this by 100-odd points. Yep. Um, so it's going to be a lot closer than that, which will be good. Um, not that that's a, a benchmark, you know, you want to go close to hitting. I think that Oakley will win. They'll be too strong. Um, but Tassie have had that extra time over the break. I've said it before where they've been able to work on structures, work on that. So they're going to be a really improved team this year. So I think for Tassie, given what Oakley's been able to do, if they can get within five goals, it's, it's a really good result because this this is the benchmark team. Uh, they've basically taken it off Calder for now. Danny Dong might be or Geelong, but we'll see what happens. Um, so for me, I think Oakley will win. For Tassie, it'll be seeing how they compare to last year, and I think they'll be a lot better. So hopefully Tassie can really put on a show in front of home fans. Yeah, and obviously Oakley, another team I've seen both times this season. I think they're absolutely, as you say, the benchmark, and, and we'll get a, a result in this game on the Apple Isle. Brooke, are you going to go with the Devils, or do you think the Chargers are going to get up as well? Uh, I reckon the Chargers will go, get up as well. All right, very good choice there. Um, GWV Rebels against Dandenong Stingrays is going to be the standalone Sunday game. That'll see out the round four fixtures. That's going to be played at Mars Stadium in Ballarat at 11.30 a.m. The Rebels are looking pretty good to start the season. And Dandenong, I know, Pete, you're very high on and um, expect them to do pretty well this season. Um, Yeah, game of the round, sort of secondary to that Eastern and Geelong clash. How do you see it panning out? Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. Really am. Um, Rebels, I think, are just consistent, balanced across the board. Don't have too many weaknesses. So do Dandy. Like, they're the same. Um, I think this is going to be a ripper clash. I think Dandy Nong just have that bit more about them, but the Rebels are going to give them a real challenge, like they did with Geelong. I think it'll be like that. For three quarters, it'll probably be neck and neck, and Dandy might kick away at the end, or there might be a quarter or a little patch where they're just that little bit different. But for me, I think Dandy Nong, I think they're going to be a real tough team to beat this year and ongoing for the next couple of years. So, yeah, Dandy Nong. 
Yep. Brooke, who are you going with in this one? Yeah, I reckon Danong Stingrays as well. They've got um, a couple 19-year-olds, Zoe Hill and Abby Jordan, um, good addition to the Danong Stingrays. So I think um, they've got the uh, the age. So I think um, the, the Danong Stingrays will beat the GWV Rebels. Yeah, and this is a, a really tough one to sort of decide on. Um, I am kind of leaning towards Dandenong, but I'll uh, throw a spanner in the works and back the Rebels for this game uh, on their home turf. So that rounds out the NAB League girls' round four fixtures and previews and tips um, for this week. And it also rounds out the Final Siren podcast. So um, I'm going to say thank you to Peter Williams again for joining me. Yeah, for sure. It's been uh, quite exciting. Uh, Looking forward to uh, the weekend of footy. And Brooke, thank you once again as well for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Very nice. So that rounds out uh, another edition of the Final Siren podcast. Um, We look forward to watching plenty of State League and NAB League girls action across the weekend. And make sure you stay tuned to all of our social media channels, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter for all the latest news, updates and analysis. Until then, we'll catch you next time.